We're at full power, sir. Commence strafing. Commencing strafing. Incoming high energy blast, sir. Uh, what? <sighs> Missed us. The beam is moving, sir. What? It's doing what? That means we're not being shot at. It's a beam saber. He did it. It wasn't enough. Huh? No. Don't do it. Don't do it! And welcome to It's a Gundam, the internet's best episode by episode Gundam Seed podcast that's given double O a try. My name is Jeremy. I was going to say something about a deep fake, um, was because of the computer generated debris in this. I'm Tyler. I was going to try for a joke, and then my four brain four was arrow, like, Zach not found. That's all you have to say. <laughs> he set you up with deep fakes. It's already on theme. We're ready to go. I can transition into a Veda thing. Four of four, Zach, not found. Well done, Zach. Uh, <laughs> Yay. Hey, have, are they ever going to explain what Veda do? Or are Veda just going to be like, uh, they have Veda? I think it's just going to be they have Veda. It's I a mean, big super. I think Veda is just a MacGuffin. Yeah. This is a pretty good episode, if I would say so. I always think the new opening is after this episode, because this feels like the halfway point of the second half to me in a lot of ways. Like, there's kind of substantial changes after this. But again, we are most of the way through the series. We're actually starting to get into Endgame here. We are. We have eight more. And like I've said before, Double O comes screeching at the runway. And you're like, you are going to miss that and crash. (laughs) And it just pulls some beautiful maneuvers. And like you ignore how terrible the landing was because it was so impressive that they landed (laughs) it all. Uh, And terrible is really not a fair word after we just watched Gundam Sea Destiny. Well, are you including the movie in that? Uh, No. No, I'm not. Uh, the movie is its own thing we'll get to. So, Gundam Double O. Four fuckboys are reunited at last under their <laughs> tactical mother. Setsuna has been reunited, so they can throw him in a healing tube, presumably. Uh, uh, there's a hostage situation. Well, yes, I suppose. Uh, Roger, uh, I call him Roger Stern. <laughs> That's not his name at all. Are, are you thinking Arturo Goodman? No, I'm thinking of the main character of Big O. Oh. He's a negotiator. It, it is Roger, right? Yeah, it's Roger Smith. Oh, yeah. It can't be that generic. Oh, it, no, it is on purpose. That's yeah. kind of the point. Okay. Because he's a tomato man. Yes. Later. It, it makes sense if you've seen Big O, which you haven't. Oh, oh, have you not seen Big O, Zach? You should no. watch Big O. You would probably like Big O. Yeah, Big O's pretty good, actually. Anyway, he negotiated the release of the hostages, but unbeknownst to him, they're going to Death Star laser. And unfortunately, this is not Big O, so he cannot just get out the Big O to punch the Death Star laser. I always forget that Big O's special ability is it punch good. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see, what else? Um, Arturo Bruyne Ombre is in the Death Star chair, twirling around, about to fire. I just imagine him like spinning going, wee! <laughs> 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 That's the same image, Tyler. Uh, Luckily, Caddy Monaked and Sumeragi have figured out with tactical forecasting that they're about to shoot the energy tower with a Death Star. 
Something and uh, that, Sergei, I assume, also figured it out. Yes. Something that the series has done a good job of depicting as unconscionable up to this point. Because the entire world economy relies on these three towers. Anything else that's important? Catherine's there. They're like, we're here. Mr. Bushido is like, never talk to me or my son again. Bye. Please don't forget me. <laughs> don't you oh. forget about me. And the ghost of Lock on Pass was like, Setsuna, you need to have character development. I died before I could. <laughs> The innovators are kind of not here right now. They're on the ship. They're just like, man, this is boring. One of them's going to get to space somehow. I, I mean, I can no prize answer how, but I, it makes sense that Ribbons would deploy them to defend this Death Star. Certainly. But they were on the ship last week. Oh, um, Luis and Andre are there being like, man, this is weird. And Andre's like, yeah, I know that guy. He's got a really Hercurial disposition. Yep. And Smirnov is with him, as we alluded to, being like, I think you're being naive about this, Hercury. But I do want to be your bro. So yeah, I think that's everything. I th- yeah, I think that's a pro- that's a good synopsis of this show. This one's jam-packed, so we're going to go into episode 17, Within the Scattering Light, also known as episode 42. Depend- you can watch along on Crunchyroll if you like. Damn, we do not have a lot of time left. 14 years ago, yep. war was beginning again. It was like World War II, but with some really crappy mobile suits like AMFs. Anyway, there was a Normandy going on with AMFs. And we see that young Smirnov and young Hercury are having some adventures. And Hercury is like, we need reinforcements to the fourth platoon. And Sergei's like, no, have all our forces retreat. And Hercury's like, but your wife is out there. Sergei's uh, response is the civilians will be in danger if we don't. We have to protect them and the tower. Which is, and specifically, it's like, it's our duty as soldiers, which is Hercury's line in the future. Uh, and when... um. When Hercury protests that, but your wife is going, you're going to abandon your wife. It, he's like, she's a soldier. So presumably she's thinking the same way I am is kind yep. of the, the implication. She there. knew what she was getting into. And this is the only real decision. So we cut to a funeral and this flashback is now from Andre's point of view. When he's like, my father let my mother die. And after that, we never had a normal conversation. Have you tried talking to Sergey? I don't really feel like he ever did. No, yeah, yeah, and I think that's actually the problem. Yeah, I think they both had too much awkward masculine pride, and neither of them was able to do it. And it does kind of fall on the father when the child is this young to be the one to open up. And he had a lot of his own stuff. I actually kind of wonder if that's why he was able to bond with Soma so much more easily. Is like he had gotten over a lot of it by the time Soma accidentally adopted him. Yeah, he he had figured out all the mistakes he made as a parent and was now able to parent. Yep. So Andre's like, my father followed his orders and killed my mother. Hard cut into the opening sequence, which, which I is think pretty is good. Well, especially given how this episode ends. Yeah, it's definitely bookended. So we cut to the medical bay where Anu is medical scanning Setsuna in a tube. He's, He's got a red line over his shoulder. And we see the bullet wound still there. I do like Lasse being like, they built two? Who builds two Death Stars? Many people build two Death Stars. Most people build two Death Stars, it turns out. Yeah, once you pop, you can't stop. (laughs) Well, I mean, you build the first one as a prototype, then the plucky rebel group blows it up, and then you're like, okay, so I see what I have to do to fix the next one. Then 40 years later, you build another bigger one. But Saji can't believe it, and neither can uh, Kadi. Like, Kadi's pretty pissed about this whole situation. I don't blame her. In addition to, you know, the civilian casualties, which are egregious and enormous, that's literally one-third of the world's energy production that they're going to just waste. Although, I kind of get the feeling that she's more concerned with civ- with the civilian losses, even including the civilian losses that would come from power shortages. Well, hey, we all have our priorities. I know what I'm about. So, More power. Pancakes? More power. 
Uh, no, I'm actually not super into pancakes. I prefer waffles. So, but Billy's like, yeah, they're definitely going to fire it. My uncle is a dick. He'll Cut do to it. his uncle. <laughs> being he seems a dick. to be like contemplating it. He's already given the order, but he does seem to be being pensive about like, man, I hope history says I did the right thing. Well, he's like, I'm a man in the business of creating statistics. Meanwhile, cut to uh, who's monologuing this right now? Is this Arturo Goodman? It is. Being like, humanity needs to be reminded of death, which is why we built a thing called the reminder of death. <laughs> so I her- like this. There's the shot of uh, Hercury here, and you got all the guys up front, and they look all really uncomfortable. Yep. Like nobody saw this coming, which makes sense in Celestial being <laughs> destroyed their Death Star. Yep. Uh, and then Hercules like, I was being naive. And Sergei's Called like, it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's like, the moment I took these hostages, the Federation considered them dissidents. Simply because they know the facts that the Federation are a bunch of dicks. And now he realizes that, yes, they are willing to throw the lives of 60,000 people away, plus however many people are going to die by them destroying this Death Star. And Sergei's like, man, maybe your coup d'etat did make sense, actually, <laughs> when you put it like that. Cut the ribbons all mark, just surf and veda. <laughs> Wikipedia diving about the industrial revolution and he's, war. He's like humans keep he's making up TV tropes. Yeah, <laughs> I just imagine Veda's actually just TV tropes and like Aola Schenberg's uh, like Star Trek fan fiction. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Given sentience, it came to life. So yeah, Ribbons is like, man, humanity sucks. Gandhi was pretty cool, but then he died, and humanity went back to sucking. Personally, I think this is the weakest part of this whole episode. Ribbon's just monologuing. So Regina's like, yeah, that's why Aelia Schoenberg made the innovators, so that we could guide humanity with our greater lifespans and take the long term. And Ribbon's like, ah, ah, Aelia Schoenberg made me. <laughs> I made you. I'm Jesus in this analogy. Yeah, and you're fucking a pleb. You're not even John the Baptist. Don't forget who made you. I can unmake you. I brought you into this world. I can take you out of it. What is stopping all the other innovators from just, like, stabbing ribbons? He's a dick. None of them like him. I think Regina is the only one who actually doesn't like him. Oh, I well. get the feeling that Regina is the only one that actively doesn't. Well, Regina and uh, Thierry. Yeah, Thierry. Well, they're the and same And I feel person. like Revive isn't sure where they fall in this particular do i like ribbons do i not like ribbons i don't know if i how i feel about ribbons but i know i hate that guy yeah Hilling, meaning setsuna Hilling, whether it's because she has the same dna or whatever seems pretty on board with the ribbon strain bring and divine don't seem like they have personalities and therefore don't have opinions <laughs> on it who knows what's going on with a new uh wh- yeah i was gonna she say while we're to be entirely sure like, she doesn't seem to know who she is, or that she's an innovator at all. I think she is well aware of it. and It just, uh, seems so, like, I've seen the whole series, and I don't know if she knows she's an innovator or not. Interesting. Who's her counterpart? Revive. Yeah, Revive. Okay. Thank you. I, I was about Divine. I'm like, not Divine, not Divine, Yeah, not no, divine. because we did that entire episode where we called Revive Divine. Yes. Well, Revival is Divine. I'm not... In- I think I know why we did that. I think you looked up Bring Stabity's other half. I sure did. And yep. then, for whatever reason, that name got stuck in our heads the entire time. I will say Divine Nova is probably one of the least <laughs> stupid innovator names. It's the thing where Revive Revival sticks in my head, but that it doesn't stick with a face, and so I couldn't remember that's Revive, and I actually asked, who's this? And you said Divine, and I'm like, I believe you, Zach. Why would you I, lie to me no, or be wrong? I, 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 I remember hearing that part. See, the thing is, Revive Revival. Sounds like a preacher villain in a movie. No, no. See, the thing is, Revive Revival, to me, sounds like me frantically yelling at my healer. 
Revive. Revival. Revive. Revive. Use it, goddammit. L- limit break three. Limit break three. Healer limit break. No, tank, not tank limit break. Why would you lace the limit break bar? Well, I can kind of agree with your feelings on this scene. I think it really cements where Ribbons is and that he also feels this way towards the other innovators is kind of new information because we see all of them are down on humanity, right? But this is the first time we really see Ribbons also thinks himself above them. And I actually like this scene, except for his rant about the Industrial Revolution. Well, that, that's really the part that it falls flat is because he's got the monologue. It's fine after Regina speaks up, but his own monologue about the Industrial Revolution and shit, it's like, just like, what? That was actually the beginning of a video essay he's been working on. Cut to the Death Star. They're charging their laser. I Okay, I do love the animation on Mr. Goodman's face here, like. The amazing sneer they gave him. That's the most detail. He looks like he's looking forward to this. Exactly. That's the most detail we'll ever get on his face. I want him dead so bad. Everyone does. He's going to die. I hope. I'm sure. I'm pretty sure. (laughs) I hope it's violent. He's the karma Houdini. He's he's the one who survives. So Celestial Being has launched three out of four fuckboys. Setsuna is still in the healing tube. The other three are just chilling and be like, man, hope they don't shoot that Death Star. And then they... See that uh, Cateron's troops are trying to bail out of the tower, and they're just getting picked off on the way out. Yeah, uh, Alleluia in particular is like, I did not see that coming. This, of course, pisses off Lock-On, who is a Cateron. And so he goes ahead, despite the protests of his two wingmen, and starts blowing up army dudes. Takes out a bunch of Jinxes. It's actually a full mix of mobile suits, which I actually really like. It's a a lot of Jinxes, but also enacts and flags, and even some Tyrians on the ground. And we get to see the uh, the members of Celestial being actively being kind of badass again up against these crappy old mobile suits. Yep. Cut back to Cotty, who is looking at all the damage that would be caused by the Death Star firing at the station. And Sumeragi's like, hey, can we go to space in the Ptolemy to fight a Death Star? And Ian's like, hey, remember how we can't go underwater? What makes you think we can go into space if we can't go underwater? <laughs> Space is technically easier. I feel like... Mo- no, no pressure, I guess, but... I feel like most of the problem with getting there is actually the fact that because they do have a hole, the the yeah. hull is stress or is uh, structurally compromised, so using the kind of force they'd need to get the ship or the thrust into, sh- into space would be really bad for it. Yeah, I think it is... Hull integrity is the problem with both going underwater and into space. Right yeah. Now. But I think for two different reasons. Because the hull having a hole in it isn't really a big problem in space because it's not like space is going to flood you. You just seal off the compromised compartments and you're fine. Whereas you have a bunch of that in water and now you're having metric thousands of tons of water into your ship. And if it's like Futurama, it's a spaceship. It's rated for... Zero to one pressure atmospheres. <laughs> but uh, then a Setsuna pops up and is like, I'm going to take the double O and I'm going to go kill it. The double O riser is our only hope. I'll pull some main character bullshit. You already knew that, Sumeragi. Uh, please give me the tactical plan I know you've already made for me. <laughs> She's like, fine, closes her laptop. And so Ian is like, for some reason, you're going to need a pilot for the O riser. I'd give it to Lasse, but we need him to drive and fire the guns. So take this guy. I actually think the implication is Lasse cannot do it because of his radiation sickness. He's the other character that we know got red particle sick. Yep. I don't know why they need sets. I mean, they kind of, for the plan they have where they're going to dock in midair, they need Saji. But I also don't know why they need Saji. I thought it might be that they could only transam if they had a pilot in the O-Riser. I like that idea. But we saw the Kaya what now bit and Setsuna definitely transams without anyone there. So that's not it. So yeah, Setsuna turns around to Saji and is like, you'll do it. 
And he's like, me? And he's like, yeah, they're going to shoot a Death Star and kill 60,000 people minimum. We're fighting to save them from that. So I need you for nebulous, unspecified reasons. But the plot needs me to need you. So, hey. You're going to help me. So Saji takes a moment to think about it, remembering that time he got a Cataron kill. I like how Setsuna comes out and says, the chance of success isn't very high, but we got to try at the very least. And without really, like, agreeing to, Ian is just like, here, here's your spacesuit. You're going to need this. I... Kind of, like, I feel like Setsuna was, respond like, trying to read Saji and responding to what he thought his concerns were. These are not at all Saji's concerns. He's like, oh, I'm not doing it, like... See, I read it as him, like, tempering expectations. Because he's going in with, like, we have to save 60,000 people. And he's like, okay, that's a lot of pressure. I should tell you that I actually don't think that... We're going to do everything we can, but this is not going... Like, the odds of us pulling this off are really low. Yeah, like, try to lower the blow when you go out with me to fight to save 60,000 people and it doesn't work. I do love how like Saji doesn't say anything until after Ian hands him the spacesuit and says we're and, counting on you. And I'm not entirely sure if his mind if Ian giving him the suit and saying we're counting on you kind of the we need you for this type of thing is what actually makes up his mind or if he was already on that precipice and was going to say yes anyway i think he was going to say yes i anyway. think so no, I, I do i do too it was just so far but he's not 100 percent there yet right he still needs a little push well and here where he's we he's can see him rationalizing suit. yeah he's, i'm fighting a machine i'm not fighting people yeah and everybody on this on the machine is an asshole so so they're like hey sasha you're actually gonna have to launch this time and he's like "Ooh, well guess i'll do it they both do a launching sequence and immediately dock. <laughs> they can just launch the double O with the riser attached, right? Yes. I think there's like, oh, we'll get double catapult here or something. I don't think the physics on that quite work out. But well, I think they also make reference to the fact that Saji has to do something to turn on the Trans Am for the yeah, Is the Trans Am riser better than the normal Trans Am? I think so, yes. Okay, so maybe they need a pilot for that. It kind of makes sense. He's engineering. He's diverting power systems to giant beam sword. It's just weird because, like, they haven't gone out of their way to try and tell us why a pilot is necessary in the O-Riser. Yes, it's necessary because we need Saji to do something. Yep. Be which is why when you a thousand years ago when you asked, does Saji become a Gundam pilot? I was like, yeah? I kind of like this also as a character conflict for him. And, like, this is a continuation of, like, the choices we've been seeing him make more. Yeah, he's the core of the second half of the series, right? Yeah. Cut back to Hercury telling Sergei he should leave since all the civilians are now on the way back. And Sergei's like, you should leave too. And he's like, I must go down with the ship. And Sergei's like, we're Russian, not Japanese. Quit this suicide talk. <laughs> I mean, the whole go down with the ship is actually kind of universal. Yes, but as Sergei points out, the reason you're supposed to get down with the ship is because you're supposed to spend all your time rescuing every person possible. Well, and because when that first started, the captain usually had to pay for it. I do also like uh, Sergei basically being like, save as many people as you can, then die. Yeah, yeah you, you can make up for this after we save as many people as possible. But then the memento Which Mori, gets Mori's him moving. The, that memento. Yep, so they're like, hey, enemy approaching. He's like, hey, we have the Empress, right? We have a Divine Nova, send him out. Is it possible they had another one? A uh, Divine was down in the... This is Divine in the... the oh, my, it, my, my problem is not the Empress. My problem is Divine. Okay. Didn't no, is it possible they have another one? <laughs> 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 they usually give them new dumber names. <laughs> so Setsuda points all his guns at the ship and is like, hey, activate the riser system. 
Okay, so that must be it. Whatever the riser system does. Well, that's the attunement field thing, right? Well, I think I think, so. I think the idea, the Trans Am is obviously you know a, a it's the system booster, and the riser must be like an additional booster on top of the Trans Am. This is the thing that they were testing that was performing above expectations earlier, right? Yeah, it's like that system specifically. So I think the idea is that the tran the the riser being connected to the double O. Gives it stabilizes, more particles, it, I think. stabilizes its Trans Am output because reasons. And it also lets it use the riser system, which allows it to increase its performance in addition to that. Like a riser or something. But before Asajj can activate the riser system to help us speculate about it, they start being shot at by Divine in the Empress, who's like, I'm not going to let you do anything. And then he tries to use his lightning field on Setsuna. Who is hurt for about a half second before he's like, oh, I'm fine. Saji, are you okay? You also don't have resistance to this. And he's like, but I'm a Sojin boy and I only need to push one button. Ugh. And Divine's like, I will avenge Bring's death. You killed Bring, right? You were there. That was what happened. <laughs> so yeah, he hits the button and lets Setsuna fire off the big ass beam saber cannon. It's all his beam guns together, shooting out a giant blast, vaporizing Divine. Shiny finger sword, but he just barely misses the space station. Oh, well, you know what the riser system probably does? Is it actually releases everything in that one burst? Maybe. So they're like, "Hey, there's a giant ass blast coming from us," and Goodman's like, "Oh shit! Oh, they missed. We're fine." I thought the beam starts moving towards him, and he's like, "What the hell? It's not a blast. It's a beam saber. That seems improbable. I didn't watch G Gundam." Isn't a beam saber just a continuous beam, or even a beam saber just a continuous beam shot anyway, though? Yep. Kinda. So that- anyway, the world's largest beams, history's largest beam saber, I am willing to say. I mean, this thing is probably a few miles long. Just slowly starts shredding through the memento mori. I love the, like, shot of Setsuna, like, throwing the yep. lever for it to, like, ugh. To so try and get it to tilt the down. The torque! <laughs> how, much, how do you think that recoils onto the Gundam? Because like, it, it, it clearly is doing some kind of resistance to prevent the Gundam from rotating. I mean, it's got I mean, it's not jets. melting through. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. And Seth's, and Seth, she's like, we did it. And Setson is like, no, we didn't. I only scratched the paint. Since he missed the cannon itself. So Setsuna starts doing a Lacus Klein impression, just yelling at them not to fire their Death Star laser. Unfortunately, they fire their laser. And we don't get an eye catch. Hello, and welcome to episode 17 of season 2 of Gundam 00. I am not going to ever get tired of saying all those numbers in that exact order. Thank you for listening with us to this, the most shonen bullshit-ass episode I think we've seen in the entire show, except for that one time where Cessna accidentally induced an acid trip for everyone on a battlefield. That was also some kind of shonen bullshit. Yeah, anyway, so I think we just saw Cessna use history's largest beam saber. I looked it up. I put money on it. I didn't actually do any research. I just looked it up and everyone's like, what is a lawn beam saber? Um, and that it turns out that gets really not safe very fast. Um, <laughs> so anywho, uh, yeah, this is a heck of an episode. It's very action packed. Um, once again, Tieria doesn't really get to do anything, but you know, he's kind of out of the show. He found true love and now they're having true love's first argument, I guess, and split personality problems. Anywho, I don't think I have any announcements this week. We haven't put a new bonus episode on the Patreon for a wee bit. We will be doing another one soonish, And also, um, as I keep teasing, I've got another project in the works, which, uh, again, I will not shut up about ever. So, yep, that's all I got. Okay, let's get back to the episode and uh, 
watch Chicken Little save the day. Okay, bye. I actually kind of like the fact that they fail in the Shonen Boy attempt to stop it. It's no less rad for their failure. Yep. It is so cool. Like, the moment where he's like, that's not a shot is so good. <laughs> that, yeah. But I mean, presenting it for no the, almost the entire time, like, he gets through Divine, he hits the thing with the big old beam saber, and it's kind of coding as, they did it, they stopped it from firing. They do seem like they made it go off target slightly because it only sits the side of it. And we do see the beam cannon like fall a little bit before the shot. And it does actually explode after it fires. It's a much more short burst than we saw it do before. But I kind of like the fact that they fail to stop it. I, I think it. So if this was a Powered by the Apocalypse game, this is a mixed success, <laughs> right? Like. You do destroy the Memento Mori and disrupt its shot, but it still kind of hits. So, well, so the Death Star hits the tower, and it's a nine eleven. There's no other way to call it. I have to wonder why would you divide? Why why design the tower so that it sheds all of the panels? Yeah, let's. Why does it have an auto collapse? Why does it do that? My like headcanon would be like if something impacts it on the top, this would be a way to. Uh, reduce weight on actually there. so it doesn't actually topple over well th- okay so thinking about it a little bit more purging all the smaller containers especially from the higher levels if it was going to collapse means most of those would burn up in the atmosphere whereas if they if the whole thing you know the full structure falls as one piece it might not burn up in the atmosphere that's a good point well, I mean, so, they, they, they bring it up in a little bit that the stuff outside of the atmosphere does this, but why does the whole thing that is still in the atmosphere and therefore won't blow up or won't burn up? Minimize impact zone. Like if yeah, the pillar is going to spreading fall, it out. Well, I, I'm, I'm thinking that like if the pillar is going to fall anyway, like you cannot predict the direction that it's going to fall. So if you can make it fall kind of predictably, that might be better. I guess that would make sense. So if it's designed so that everything can purge, but in theory, if it's supposed to fall, you can purge one side and therefore force it to tip over in one direction. Yeah, like a beaver. So we see Sergei and Hercury are escaping the tower as it is purging. Unfortunately, well, they're trying to race after the, the trains that are carrying the civilians. And uh, so Felt sees it as well. And so Sumeragi recognizes that the stuff outside the atmosphere is going to burn up, but everything underneath it is going to create a huge amount of problems. So uh, she takes over the airwaves. Yeah, she does a Lacus Klein and casts on all channels, being like, hey, I know you don't know who I am, but here's a impact zone. Please shoot the breeze. So we see basically all the trains come off the tracks and kill everyone on board. Yeah. I don't know that this is all of them, but certainly some of them. Yeah, which is, I think, unavoidable given that the entire tower is collapsing. But. Yeah. So we see the the fight is still going on, but as the tower starts to collapse, it stops. Yeah, everyone turns to the, see the sky is falling. And then Sumeragi does her uh, Lacus Klein take over the airwaves. And then everyone ignores her and calls her Chicken Little, and then everyone dies. The end. Except Setsuna, he was in space. That's fair. Yeah, and so she tells everybody, hey, you need to stop all these things that are coming down because they're coming down on cities. And tens of millions of people will die if you do not help. So the Gundam Meisters immediately move in to shoot down debris. Well, I mean, it makes sense. Mom just told them to. They know who Sumeragi is and they trust her. Everybody else is more probably on the side of, what? This is what the Cerevi Gundam was made for, shooting giant, (laughs) slowly moving (laughs) targets. 
it's doing a pretty dang good job. The survey itself is probably I, responsible for like a quarter of all the I really damage. like the shot after we see Thierry shoot down all of them. We see all of the people in the city. Wait, the shield bits have lasers? I think they are ramming into them. Oh. I think he is using them effectively as missiles. It looked well, like, it they looks like they're shooting. Yeah. I was expecting them to be missiles. Uh, yeah, also the machine gun is probably not a terrible thing for this, but... It seems powerful enough to destroy them, so no. But we see some are starting to impact the ground. But they're distinctly impacting around the cities. They're not coming down on top of them. Which gives the dumbstruck regular forces some time to be like, oh, maybe we should do something. Yeah, Alleluia misses a shot. It's about to hit a city. But then, hey, Mari's here in the gun archer that they've just been leaving on the ship. And now she's got her own personalized orange flight suit. She's like, this isn't battle, Alleluia. Stay out of it. (laughs) (laughs) This is peacekeeping. This is armed intervention, Wade. Wakan's like, if this keeps up, we're not going to make it. But then Cataron shows up. There are forces that apparently somehow got out or just didn't go in. I feel like it's some of their, some of them are forces that didn't actually get in and some other ones that managed to basically squeak out while the battle was going on and this started happening. Uh, like some of those are Tyrians, right? Yeah. Or Amphs. Like those would have been useless anyway. The regular forces and the coup d'etat forces show up to also start helping. Yeah, it's all very end of a persona game. Everybody's showing up to help out. I love we get a couple of shots of mobile suits getting actually hit with the debris. I think it's super cool. You see like a tear and get just absolutely bisected. The regular army shows up. They do regular army things. Melina's like, hey, I think we'll be able to avoid hits to the urban areas. And Supervisor's like, oh, thank God they listened to me. <laughs> and that was a legitimate concern. And Anu is like, wow, in a time like this, so many people would come together. Why is it that Lasse thinks it's ironic? Oh, because just, just a second ago, they were trying to kill each other. And, okay, just, and now they're all working on the same side to protect the civilians that are in the area. That's fair. I don't know. It doesn't seem ironic but to me. But the a-holes are coming in. And Lasse's like, oh, no, are they going to attack us? And Sir Miragi's like, no, if she's their leader, I know what she'll do. Not be an a-hole. It's Which, weird that she's even with them. I mean, she joined them to keep an eye on them while they're being an a-hole. It does seem like maybe she should have done something I mean, by it, now. It's a good read by Sumeragi that she knows this person, so she knows how she'll react. And Luis is like, man, I know we have our orders, but I would still like to murder some Gundams. But Andre, on the other hand, is like, yeah, this is what soldiers should do. This the- is what Hercury would say and wh- how I feel my mom would act. Yeah, this is exactly why he wanted to be in the army, right? Yeah. He also we- feels like maybe he shouldn't be in the a-holes. We, we get a, a couple of glory shots of everybody just absolutely hosing down the sky. I love the cloud of dust that has yep. formed from this. That is going to destroy the atmosphere despite their attempts. You know that. To be fair, it's still better than not doing that. Unless they have some kind of means of clearing the atmosphere. Like, I'd believe that they have some sort of uh, device that can do that. Fan drones. <laughs> many, many fan drones. We see Hercury and Sergei blow their way out of the tower. And proceed to start assisting in destroying the panels that are coming down. And Soma sees the tear and Tauzi. He's like, that's my dad. And by Soma, I do mean Mari. And she's like, I got, I'm going to go say hi. And Alleluia's like, wait, what? But Louis saw the two guys come out. And she tells Andre. And he's like, they could be the rebel leaders then. We should keep an eye on them. While still destroying panels. So Mari comes up and is like, hey, Colonel Smirnov, what's up? And he's like, what are <laughs> what you doing the- in a mobile suit? Your boyfriend promised me. And she's like, ah, uh, too busy. Too busy saving lives. Can't talk now, Dad. And so Hercury is starting to miss a couple of them. But here come Andre and uh, 
Louise to help out. And Hercury was apparently just on Broadcoms, and he was like, hey, laws, and Andre's like, Hercury? I was just thinking about you. Why on earth would you do a coup d'etat? That's the opposite of what you taught me. And he's about to murder Hercury when it, they're like, uh, there's a giant fragment coming. It didn't fully auto purge. Oh, no. Our blaster fire is not working on it for some reason. So uh, presumably because it's too large, but like, wouldn't they be putting big freaking dents in it? Uh, like they've been one shotting most of the other ones. Is it just because this now has so much more HP? It's okay because Tyria just uh, death balls it. Well, well Tyria- it blows it in half, which is really weird because we've seen that thing take bits out of mountains. Then Sutsuna shows up from the sky to take out the two halves. And it's like, lock on and hallelujah, you also transam now. And they're like, okay, boss. You're I, a boss now, I guess. I don't know why you blew up the giant panel, but okay. He's, he's been the boss for a long time. He was just missing for a bit. Cut to the children in Marina being like, man, this sure sucks. I wish everyone could hear our song. I'm going to add that next chorus about, and don't blow up towers that will bring rain to freeze of death. <laughs> you mentioned the dust cloud. We do see people like walking around covering their faces. So we get a slow fade after that to the end where presumably they have destroyed all the panels. And the sun the is going down. Man, this is, a, this is an apocalyptic scene. Which Sergei is flying like, over. Yeah, Sergei's like, well, this is an apocalyptic scene. So, And Hercury's like, what have I done? And Sergei's like, good job living, Hercury. And he's like, this is something that can never be taken back. Well, it's a good thing you feel that way. Oh no! Then Hercury gets shot from above. Yep. And explodes instantly. Because like a mech warrior, he put all his explosives in his cockpit. And then, so he comes, Andre comes charging in after Sergei now. Who he doesn't know is there. And Sergei responds, you bastard. And Andre's like, you were married. (laughs) (laughs) I knew who you were. So Andre, blaming these two people for this entire tragedy, which is somewhat reasonable from his point of view. Kinda? Somewhat. Emphasis on somewhat. Although, like, yes, they sparked the conflict that led to this, but they're also not the ones that fired the death laser. Yeah. Unfortunately, he's on the death laser side. I also don't know that they know about the death lasers. Do Andre and Luis know about the Death Laser is an interesting question. I I think they might not, and that's why I said somewhat justified. Yeah, I do not think he knows that the A-Laws have a Death Laser. Like, if it was up for public debate, it would not be so tackily named. It would at least be Laser McLaser Face or something. Oh, man, there was that uh, that poll, what what should this ship be named, and it ended up being named Bodie McBoatface. Zach, you just described the most well-known meme of the internet era. As though this is new information for anyone listening. (laughs) I thought it was that gopher turning around. Also pretty good. Dramatic gopher, also quite good. So Andre's like, how on earth are you a rebel after you literally killed my mom to follow orders? Like, you giant hypocrite. He's following orders, Yeah, actually. And Smirnov's like, I actually can't explain. And Andre is like, shove it. I'm going to kill you to get revenge for mom, you fucking hypocrite. You're a disgrace. And Sergei is not really fighting back. Not that I think he could effectively in that tier in Tautzi, but... He's mostly just trying to defend himself. Soma tries to defend her dad, but Luis, in a bout of irony, starts fighting her off. Setsuna shows up to try and talk at Luis with... Well, tries to get Saji to talk at Luis. Yeah. Marie, now with a distraction, tries to go save Sergei, but it's too late. And Sergei's like, Andre. And Andre's like, for Kassan! After he loses his arm, he doesn't even try to get out of the way. Yep. 
and just takes it straight to the face. And the uh, yeah, the episode ends with Andre stabbing Sergey right through the chest. Oh, but wait, there's more. And by more, I mean Sergey reading the most poorly written report. Oh, I didn't even try anime. to read this. Oh. I should have. It's not letters is the problem. <laughs> He's reading a flashback report, to be clear. He has not been stabbed, and then a report appears in front of them. It's uh, more like a spreadsheet, really. It's encoded somehow. It looks like it might be Hex, except there are three characters. I don't know. You want to put the pin in so I can make sure we're still recording? Yeah, okay. Well, that That's a good uh, headcanon. It's encoded. While his wife is making dinner in the kitchen, and he's like, Hey, Sergey, if I die, please be a good dad to our son. And Which Sergey, is a weirdly, does she just say that before she goes out on any mission or? I just got a bad like, feeling about this one. Yeah, that's why I assume. Oh, she's is. force sensitive. Okay. Yes. And Sergey's like, don't worry. I'm sure you'll be fine. There aren't new types in this setting. Cut to her funeral. And Sergey being remarkably self-aware and being like, I really dropped the ball on raising my son. It's effectively Andre's uh, flashback, but from Sergey's point of view. Where he like clearly wants to talk to his son but doesn't know what to say and just kind of like lets it linger. Well, like we, well, uh, I mean, initially he has his own pain and acknowledges that, but like he's old enough and far enough in that he recognizes that I fucked this all up and this is all my fault. So anyway, to uh, Sergey rolling his death monologue roll, he's like, Andre, I'm sorry, I was a shitty dad. I didn't know what to do. You were five. I didn't try as hard as I should have. And Andre's like, why would you tell me this now after I have stabbed you? Because you That's didn't how it let me. Well, one, you didn't let me say it before. And uh, I'm not going to get a chance to say it again. Now get away from me so I don't take you with me when I blow up. Yeah, I love the way that Andre shot his. Sergey like pushes him away before he explodes. Yep. Sergey takes his hands off the controls. As he falls to the ground. Passes out right before the mobile suit explodes. Has one flash. That, or one last flashback of Holly. Yeah, or, you know, going into the light. Or, you know, whatever. And then he dies. Yeah, and then he <laughs> After explodes. he asks for her to forgive him. And then uh, Marie, Marie has a freak out. Yeah, understandably. Makes sense. Is, uh, she just saw her dad die. Yep. Yeah, there's an extreme close-up on her eyes as she shouts for her dad. Hallelujah. Grab your girlfriend before she tries to murder Andre. We do get all like, oh, no, that was my girlfriend's dad. I liked that guy. He didn't shoot me. <laughs> and that's actually the end of the episode. Uh, holy crap, that's a good episode. I like that one a lot. Yeah, that's a great episode. We have a four-month time skip before the next episode, too. Oh, wild. I love it when a really intense episode... Yeah. It's so it's weird to me because of where it ended. Like, I, I would... Expect the next episode to start with basically Alleluia trying to drag Marie off from her trying to kill Andre. I assume that's exactly what happens, but we time skip past that. That's what I'm saying, is that I would have expected the next episode to start with that as opposed to skipping over it. But it does let everybody put everything back together. Like, Setsuna's arm is probably fixed. Yeah, that's a great episode, though. Uh, oh, yeah, that was a great one. Then we all think Smirnoff is going to die, and by that I mean Zach and I knew Smirnoff is going to die. I mean, but... eventually, yes. I knew it was good. I didn't know he was going to die here, but yes, I, I assumed he was going to die. He was too competent to live. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I have, I've got another question for you. Did you think Hercury was going to die here? No, but I didn't really care. So I was just curious because throughout all of it until right at the end there where Andre bushwhacks him, it kind of is appearing that he's going to survive the series. It kind of comes out of nowhere. It's definitely got the uh, Watch's Death and Firefly vibe. I mean, a little bit, yeah, but, like, maybe this is me speaking, knowing where the story goes. I think Hercury's redundant at this point, right? We have yeah. Klaus. 
in very much that role. And Hercury was very important for this part of the story to enhance both Sergei and Andre's stories. I agree with you. It's just because he got to the end of this battle, it didn't feel like he was going to die here. Yeah, like, I really want to just take a screenshot of that laser and just, like, caption it narrative dead weight. Um, (laughs) I know how you're going to answer, Tyler, but knowing there's a four-month time skip, where do you think? We have seven more episodes, I think. I believe there's eight, because I think this is 42. So I'm actually wondering if Marie is, like, now trying to get more back into active combat, despite, you know, promising both Alleluia and her dad that she's not going to do that anymore. Hey, her dad's dead now. But her dad's dead now, yeah. And And, uh, and her... Marie quasi brother killed him. Marie didn't actually promise not to do that. Alleluia promised to not send her into combat. Marie has already tried to get into combat, right? That's fair. The Ptolemaeus was under fire. She's like, hey, I can do it. Like, I don't want to do it, but it's a skill I have, and it's way better than we all die. Yep. Which is very practical. Like, I don't think she has any particular objection to doing it. I want her to take some goddamn agency back. Well, and also she's, like, arguably probably one of the best pilots on the ship. She's probably better than Alleluia. She's probably better than everyone but maybe Setsuna. Maybe Maybe Lockhart is repeatedly shown to be very good, right? But definitely a competition between the two. Yeah. So clearly that's happened. I'm trying to think what Celestial Bean is doing in the four months after this because like they're putting all their shit back together there's that yeah they lost like their main base right so like there's that or, their uh, gundams are all probably pretty banged they're up all pretty banged up like i assume they have other bases but that was their main facility like but they're they also ran out of targets right like i mean they got a target now do they uh, that, that death star is not destroyed oh is it not that, that star is at the very least badly damaged, it's damaged but it's not destroyed. You know, but they could fix it up. It's, it didn't explode the way that the previous I, one did. Okay, I thought it blew up after it fired the shot. No, like, the cannon, like, goes out. It definitely looks damaged. I don't think they could fire it again, but it's, like, a, a couple-month repair, not a, you know, maybe a four-month repair. Yeah, maybe exactly a four-month repair. Um, okay, so there's that. Billy becomes an alcoholic. <laughs> Closing the circle. Yep. <laughs> because they could destroy a celestial being. I don't know. I'm trying to think what Andre does after this. Does, what does Andre and Luis do? What does Cadi do? Yeah. What does Klaus do? <laughs> you say that, but that's actually kind of an interesting question is like, what does Klaus do? Because like he's lost almost all of Cataron's fight fighting forces. His only chance to really do something of meaningful impact literally just exploded. And how does the world react to this? Do people get out that knew what happened? Does information think, finally get out? I well, think the like, biggest questions, at least for our characters, are Klau- are what are Klaus and what are Kadi doing? And I, I do think also the uh, what is the world reaction is actually pretty important because there were people in that city who saw all the forces of every possible military power on the planet combining arms to save them. But doesn't that make an narrative of this was all a terrible accident so much more plausible? But why would Celestial Being help? Why would well, it... Like, that's their MO, right? Is to just like go to f- try fires. Like, like everyone teaming up suggests that it's not a military action, right? That's a good point. Except for the fact that, I mean, the people on the ground, there's got to be people on the ground that saw the laser fire that yeah. blew the, that blew the big old hole in the space elevator that caused the disaster. Well, even if but you can't you see- identify what that was, like it could be a solar flare and maybe that's something you believe I- after you're told it. If I was actually that is possible, but you know there's got to be the guy in the basement with a conspiracy theory yeah. well, who's even, got his board but, and string. But who's Veda like, no. censors all those podcasts and gives them a bunch of five star reviews and download metrics, so the person thinks his message is getting out there, but actually only ribbons lessons to it and laughs at dumb humans. <laughs> what podcast does ribbons listen to? Um, uh, my brother, my brother. 
Ted Cruz's podcast. Ted Cruz has a podcast. Yes. Anyway, that's enough about him. <laughs> it is always enough about him. Yeah, I don't, I'm actually really interested to see what happens after this because it's set up a lot and I have some ideas, but honestly, there are so many directions they could go that coming back to your original prediction, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I know just enough to get me into trouble and enough that I can guarantee that I don't want to speak on it. I'm really interested. I, I really want to see how this series wraps up because it feels like they're tying up all the loose ends, but also... I don't, it can be bonkers. They have a lot of stuff to wrap up at the end of this, and they've only got eight episodes to do it. Well, that's my problem is, like, all the things I know about and, and like, are present in mind, they could wrap up in eight episodes pretty easily. Yeah, I was going to say, I asked this about Destiny to prove a point. What do we think the loose ends are at this point in Gundam Double O? I mean, we have the innovators in general. Yes. Like, what, what are their origins? We kind of know. What's Ribbon's thing? We kind of know. And he's probably going to get murdered by a Setsuna or maybe Chun-Li? Maybe Chun-Li. Actually, that would be kind of nice if Chun-Li just stabbed him. I would call her a loose end. I, she's also a loose end. Nana's kind of there. As Regina, a I would also say, is a loose end Lu- separate from all of that, right? So I maybe agree. tied in with Chun Li, but not yet. Yep. The Saji Louise relationship. Yeah, Saji Louise. Um, that could end in a couple of different ways. I think that would all be narratively satisfying. Some of them are very sad, but I think narratively satisfying. Whatever the hell Setsuna wants to do, there's Marina's thing. Yeah, there's now the ghost of Lock On Past being like, hey, yep. Setsuna. Um, and Marina's made him offers, so I, I wonder if he's going to move more in that direction. Um, there's also Cateron and specifically Sharon and Klaus. There's a little bit of that. There's Cotty and Colossar. No, that's <laughs> not a loose end. They've tied the knot, Zach. Um, well. Not yet. Not yet. Yeah, no, obviously. <laughs> How but. do you think Patrick Colossar proposes to Cotty Monaghan? I'll just say that we see his high scores in Gundam Build Divers that his name is Patrick Monaghan. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Um, I don't think Cody Monica proposes to Patrick Colasar. Um, uh, I'm really sad that she didn't take. Well, maybe she did because uh, Cody Colasar is a that is hell of a just name. Take each other's name. Yeah. <laughs> no, he just uses her maiden name for his uh, video game handle. But there is a uh, Cody and Cody and Sumeragi. I feel like have to have some sort of resolution. Yeah, I feel like uh, Sumeragi and Billy need to have one too. I'm actually less invested in that. Like, I feel like Billy's just better. And I think can... they should, but if they cut, that's like if you need to cut something. Yeah, that one's, that one's fine. Uh, there's Graham. There's Graham. Yeah, I was waiting to see if you remembered him. Well, yeah, no, I, he was he was there. He's again just not super important, but like I feel like his just ends in death. I know it doesn't because of the other things we've mentioned, but I feel like narratively it just ends with him dying and proving that his philosophy is worse than Setsuna's. I think those are really the big things. So that's nine. Okay. I would say a new. Oh, yeah, there's a news whole deal. That's a good call. Did you say Mari? Because now she's got a thing. Uh, I did not, but I should have because I even mentioned it earlier. Yeah. Yeah, so there's Mari. Uh, and I'm- that's got to cause some conflict between her and Alleluia. Yeah. Almost definitely. Oh, there's also Andre. Yeah. That's a thing now. But, like, several of these can be happening You're, in yes. one episode, they, I think. You could easily tie some of these together. Yeah, too. like, this does not seem like an overwhelming number of things to wrap up in the time we have left. And there was one more I wanted to bring up that I just had in his Oh, now. there's also... Louise's like, wacky eyes from the previous episode. Yeah, Louise is an innovator now, I guess, or something. But, I'm not, like, that's part of Louise's yeah. whole thing. That I could think. be with Louise and Shaji, easily. Yep. 
I feel like the whole thing with the double O being able to teleport and what the hell is going on with that like, generally. Double O technology stuff. Yeah, double O technology stuff. I feel like there's one big man that you're missing here. I do too, but I had something I forgot it. So you got it, Zach. You, you're going to do a joke. I know it. I'm too stupid for jokes. Sachez. Yeah, th- that was the thing. We have Sachez uh, on the board, right? That I forgot he's not dead. He survived because of the ejection thing. He did, yes. Yeah, that was the one I was going to say. And I escaped my mind. Honestly, okay, yes, he is technically a loose end. Honestly, he's just going to die at some point. So it's Narratively, really... he should, right? Yes. Yeah, but like, if he just... God damn just, it, does he karma Houdini? Uh, he would be the guy for it, right? He is the Yazan of Gundam Double O, if there is one, for sure. Also, I love that phrase. Karma Houdini is great. Yeah, it's TD Tropes. I can't I, think uh, of it. I was I wondering like if it might be. Sacha's kind of can't Karma Houdini because I feel like even if he survives the story, Setsuna hunts him down. But what if Setsuna is like, nah, it's not worth it? Like, I don't want to be defined by my conflict anymore. I feel I'll like. that to lock on. I feel like Setsuna even still goes after him because of the damage that Sacha's can do. I, like, that's not a be, good point. Not, I'm going to kill him because I need revenge, but. I need to kill him because of the damage that this man will do if I leave him alone. Now, I'm just imagining Setsuna picking up piano and he and Marina uh, starting like a jazz duet in like smoky dive bars. No, no, he doesn't get piano because she already plays piano. He gets the saxophone. <laughs> so, so that's 15 loose ends we've described. So they need to wrap up two per episode with one extra left over to get on pace. Yeah, you know, ish. It's not I, impossible. I'm not saying that. I'm I, just saying- I also, like, I feel like a lot of this can happen at the same time, yes. and it's not even, like, two per episode. Like, they can build up to wrapping like a bunch of them up. It can be in the finale. Yeah, and I think in the finale, you could actually address a lot of these. Probably Especially because some- a lot of them probably end up in somebody getting killed. Yeah, and, like, some of these you probably want to happen in, like, the penultimate episode or a couple before that, but, like, I think this is a totally manageable number of things, and I don't feel like the show is really forgetting about any of them. And that's assuming we don't pick up anything new at the start of the time skip, but yeah. Which we will, yes. Would you count Lasse's issue as being one thing nah. they need to wrap up? Sort of, but again, that's like fine to be on the chopping block. Yeah. Like, I feel like there has been enough said and or implied about what's going on there. Like, it's fine. And Lasse's a pretty minor. He kind of ha- already had his arc in the first season, so. All right. I believe this is the final appearance of the Empress. So we got to put that on the list. They did explode. I mean, they could have built another one. But yeah, that's fair. It's dumb. I don't like it. I also do not like it. Oh, really? Because like this, it's no Zamzaza. But this no. is like what I <laughs> no want. No Zamzaza, boy. <laughs> this is what I want from a mobile armor. It's perfectly serviceable mobile armor. It looks, it, to me, it reminds me a lot of a B2 bomber. And I just think it doesn't have nearly the charm that you get with the flying wing. Definitely below the Zamzaza, right? Yeah. Yeah. I would say below the Mobius Zero, looking at just at mobile art. I would agree with that. Below the Destroy Gundam. Um, I mean, the Destroy is kind of dumb, but I do also kind of like it for being it's dumb. It's certainly more imposing, right? But, yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, no, I, I think I agree below the Destroy. But I like it more than the Exus, which is uh, Neo Roanoke's Mobius Purple Zero 2 electric boogaloo. It I, doesn't have the sleek look, but... I honestly don't remember this thing at all. It's like purple. It's, it's, got it's a little bit more um, jagged than this than the Mobius Zero was. I like the Exus better. Also, it's got funnels. It does have funnels, Zach. I think I like the Exus more. Okay, I'm outvoted. I think I have to go way down for the next mobile armor. We're already pretty far down in a pit, if I remember right. We're like a little more than halfway. It's definitely better than the Trilobite, right? Oh yeah. Oh definitely. Now, the Trilobite's kind of fun, but it's not, like, good. <laughs> I like it more than the flag. What do you guys think? This is where we keep coming back to. 
I like the flag more than this thing. I think I actually like this more than the flag, uh, which is weird because I like the flag quite a bit. Mobile armor-esque, I don't like it, and you guys do. I like it more than the Baku. I prefer the Baku. Uh, yeah, no, it's it's Baku terrain. I don't like it as much as the Jin. Uh, I would agree with that. The Jin is a better mobile suit. The, it's actually approximately even for me. So. so the Empress goes at number 88 above the flag and below the Jin. That's the highest ranker we got on these three. Yeah, I don't like double O mobile suits. The Gundams are pretty good. I like the Gadessa more than you guys. I think you're going to have pushback. All right. I, I like the Gadessa fairly well. I think you guys are going to push back. On I like Gadessa all right. So eh. preview. It's okay. <laughs> all all right. right. High points, low points, and MVPs. Yeah. Do you have a high point, Tyler? Well, okay. I'm going to take the very obvious one, which is Andre Sergei death. Yeah, it's very good. Andre Sergei death. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a who oh boy. Um, so since you're taking that, I think I'm going to take uh, Setsuna and Saji actually failing to destroy the Memento Mori. That whole scene or just that specific That whole moment? scene. Okay, yeah. It's super. The music on it is incredible. It's so it gets you amped up. Uh, that's a scene I've watched a lot. It's not quite as good as uh, Kira coming down in the Freedom. No, it's not. That's not that. It's nowhere close, but it's pretty good. <laughs> Let's see. You guys have taken the the giant ones that happened this week. So I'm going to go with that uh, persona moment of hey, everybody's helping out. We're all friends, and Andre being like, yeah, this is what I signed up to be a soldier. Do you have a low point, Tyler? I'm trying to remember anything not good that happens in this episode. Yeah, Andre talks to Luis, and even that's not terrible. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see here. Um, Mr. Bushido isn't in it, and I feel like that should be a problem, but it's not. Oh, okay. I remember the one thing, and it's the Industrial Revolution. <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of hoping you were going to forget that was there so I could take it. I, on a, there's not a lot bad in the. It's good. It's just good. Yeah, That's the thing. There's not a whole lot of stuff that's bad Actually, in this you, episode. Oh, no, never mind. This is a high point. Um, <laughs> Rudder up high point. Fucking Arthur Goodman's horrible, wicked sneer before he fires a death laser. It's so well animated. Zach, it's really hard to come up with the low point here because, like we said, this is a really good one. Because even uh, Mari gets to do things. Like, she gets to be active. She gets to be like, hide out. Oh, I'm sorry, Dad. You're breaking up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going through a tunnel. <laughs> Man, this is tough. Well, I'm just trying to remember what all happens in this episode. I'm like, well, there's I, a, yeah, there's can, a, can we like scroll through? Uh, there's a lot of really thumbnails. dramatic. I think the only one I can come up with uh, is the the shot of Billy's uncle in his office. Like, I'm not really sure what what we're supposed to take away from that one. No, I, I, Billy's uncle is more of a character. I get it because it's like him being contemplative about what he's done, but he's just Billy's uncle. Yeah, yep. he he kind of less of a character up. than Arthur Goodman. He crops up every once in a while. Honestly, I I think they could have done just fine rolling him and Arthur Goodman into one character because. The main A-Law's, like, command antagonist that we've had is Arthur Goodman. Billy's uncle is technically extant, but he's kind of the same thing as the leaders of the world nations from the previous season. I can think of reasons you wouldn't want them to be the same character, but they're they're lightly spoilery. I did also think of another low point. Oh, I've got one. Okay, uh, what is it? Why do Tiaria and Alleluia transam? That's after the that was my other destroyed? low point. Yes, because <laughs> uh, I guess Setsuno was like, "My friends, use transam," and they're like, "Well, Setsuno says it." 
and then they do nothing. Yep. I actually, I, like, I wonder if there was a scene on the storyboard that just got dropped from that, but then the setup for it didn't. It seems like it should be the four of them destroying the giant thing together, right? But Yeah, he should or, have come down and yelled for them to use Trans Am, and then they destroy the big thing. Or use Trans Am to, like, blow up stuff faster or something. They're like, oh, we're losing the tide. None of that happens. So um, MVP, Tyler. MVP. Fuck. <laughs> this one's going to be tough. It's, yeah, I know it's another really tough episode. I think it's Sergey. He's got a good death. Is that, hey, I should have told you all this. There's that. There's the him trying to, like, convince his friend not to go down with the ship for no good reason. He's got a lot of good reaction moments. He He's useful. Gen- oh, no. Sergey does a lot of stuff, both narratively and in term, or I guess, literarily. Um, and also in terms of, like, moving the plot around this episode. So, Zach. Sergey, like for everything you said, and at the end there where he pushes Andre away and it's, it's like get so away from good. me. I, I I love it. I I love Sergey. I'm so sad he's gone, but man. even as he's dying, he's thinking clearly enough to save his son from the impending explosion of his mobile suit. I want to give it to Setsuna for that giant ass beam and his hey, we have to try. Our chances are low, but I'm gonna give it to Andre. Because he carries this episode emotionally a lot of ways. I think the episode is really good at transferring a lot of Sergei's story stuff to Andre in a sort of legacy way. Yeah. Uh, and like there's a literal push to it, too. There's like a physicality to it. And I love him being like, hey, this is why I signed up for the army. That contrast is to Luis's. I want to fight the Gundams, though. As him be like, no, this is what an army exists for. So. And it kind of raises the question, as you pointed out, why is he with the A-Laws, the biggest dick force in the uh, because entire... Well, I think Army. I think he just thinks like this force is necessary. This is what my mob would want. I think he's wrong, but <laughs> I definitely think he's wrong. But like it's, it was also kind of like the only military that existed when he signed up. Like technically there were the regular forces, but I think everyone saw that those going away eventually. I think it basically boils down to he bought the propaganda. Yeah. He, he, his father literally fought against celestial being, even if he like didn't like him. He's like, OK, they did all this. We have to get rid of all these elements. And I believe in a unified world. That sounds good to me. No, I, I can't argue against Andre as a pick, though. It's, I don't know. I'm really excited to see what the hell happens after a four-month time skip. I, I don't know. Like you said, I'm also really excited to see how the show ends, just given how you've described it multiple times. I, I wonder if I'm overhyping it, but no, the, the ending is wild. Hype is not actually what I'm... It's mostly like we, we have mentioned how many loose threads we have, and like I don't think it's... I think, based on how you've described it, they're going to procrastinate tying them up for too long, but I'm really excited to see how they actually manage to stick any sort of landing if they do so. Yeah, and we'll see if you guys have the same opinion, but I do think they stick the landing pretty well. And then they have a movie. (laughs) And then they have a movie. Honestly, like, man, I really like Gundam 00. I like the second half of 00. That's fair. There's a lot in the first half that's not great, but the second half has been, like, nonstop. Yeah, it's been really interesting to go through because both me and Zach had the experience of trying to get into Double O multiple times and just bouncing right off it. And Zach often resents series that do that to him. So it's nice to see that he has a similar feeling to me once you get into the meat of it, which takes more work than it should, I think. But I don't usually (laughs) resent series that do that, mostly because I kind of, with most series, I forget they exist. (laughs) There's a couple things, but like the last third of uh, the first season is pretty good. And there's like maybe one episode I would ditch from the second half. And besides, Jeremy, I can't resent things because we all know I don't hold grudges. Of course not. He is the grudge. <laughs> Never saw that movie. It's, it's all right. Anything else we want to say about this before we get to the time skip? It's really good. Yep. No, I liked it. 
the second half of Gundam 00 may be my favorite Gundam show. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that, it's a Gundam will return in Entangled Yearnings. Transam time!